0: This morning, as we look at these Old Testament characters, we are ending sort of not only that long series, but also a short series within it of three particular siblings. Those are Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. I've called this little mini part, fake it till you make it, because I talk about that a lot in our faith. We need to learn to not always pay attention to our feelings, because folks, your feelings will deceive you. If you simply go according to what you feel, you are going to discover that you're going to be in a bad place in life because when those feelings go south, so do our lives. And so we need an anchor to live according to. And when I talk about fake it, I have a little acronym I use. It's faith, advisor, knowledge, and encouragement. And that's what we've talked about these last few weeks. We looked at Miriam, the older sister of Moses, as an example of faith. How when the baby was going to be killed by the Egyptians and the family didn't know what else to do, they took baby Moses and they put him in what the Bible says was an ark and laid him carefully in the Nile River, trusting him to God. And it was Miriam who followed the basket as it went down the river. And then when Pharaoh's daughter found the basket, she's the one who by faith went and approached Pharaoh's daughter. She lived a life of faith and it was she who really is so responsible for Moses being able to survive. And she not only approached Pharaoh's daughter but said, how about if I find a nurse for this child? And of course that nurse became Moses' very own mother. The advisor in the family was Aaron. When Moses didn't know what to do, he says, I can't speak. He had all these excuses. I like to call him the man with a hundred excuses. I think the Bible actually only gives us four excuses. But he's a lot like us, where we make our excuses when God calls us. And what happened with Moses is he needed somebody who could rely on. And God spoke to him and he said, Wait a second, you don't need somebody else. You already have somebody in your own family, your own brother Aaron. And so Aaron becomes that chief advisor to Moses to help him. So that by the time the children of Israel are being delivered from this most amazing journey from Egypt into the Promised Land, right through the Red Sea, across the Sinai Peninsula... It's God who's the hero of the story, Moses the one who gets so much of attention, but it's really all three of these siblings working together in harmony with each other, the way that God created them to be a family so those decisions could be made. But in order for us to live our lives of faith the way they did, we need to have also not just faith and a good godly advisor, but we need to have knowledge. What do we base our decisions on? You come here this morning and you have concerns in your life or life decisions you need to make or just simply saying, what's the meaning and purpose of my life? Where do we go for that? Well, God has provided the answer and it's in our scriptures. So knowledge is not just based on our own thinking because, again, I've seen inside all of your heads, they're dangerous neighborhoods, folks. Faith Community Church can come up and concoct all kinds of things in our thinking. And that's not a good place to base our knowledge and our information on. And as I've already said, our feelings will deceive us because they change all over the place. So that knowledge, that information needs to come from God's word. And so we're going to really focus on that this morning. On how Moses guides us and directs us towards God's word, not towards anything else. And the encouragement that you see with these three is encouragement they give to each other. And that's the same thing that happens with us. When we live lives of faith, when we make that choice to live the way God wants us to live, even when we don't feel like it, we have people who encourage us all over the place. Look what we've been talking about this morning, whether it be with church coming together at a time of a tragedy like Chad, where we pray, we give money, we make visits, we provide meals, that's all to encourage, that's to keep a family going in the midst of a tough time. Or whether it be Don, who's doing much better in his health, and we gather together and we encourage, and there were some guys from the men's ministry who were over at High Street this morning, listening to him preach, encouraging him, saying, Don, this is awesome to have your health better so that you can do the things that God's calling you to do. Well, that's true for every one of us. And so we need to know who those encourages are in our lives. But this morning's part of all of that, faith, advice, godly advice, knowledge and encouragement, knowledge being knowledge in God's Word, is all about God's Word and how we fill our minds with the right things. The problem is, when we think that there are other things that can guide us, so many other things in this world are going to let us down. Do I have an amen? All kinds of places that you're going to look for guidance and direction and for information are going to help to a point, but only to that point. And that's why at the end of Moses' ministry, at the time in which he's ready to hand over the teachings and the scriptures and what God has revealed to him, he's going to hand them over to the Levites, to the priests, to be instructed to the people. He wants the people to understand, and we read about it in Deuteronomy 31, that human leaders have limits. That's why we need God's word. Because there is no human being that you and I can go to to get all of our answers. You can't come to Pastor Stan and have me figure it all out for you. You can't go to your spouse and have them always get all the answers right 100% of the time. And so we need a place where we can go because humans do let us down. Have you ever been let down by somebody? Have you ever gone to somebody and thought, I can trust this person only to discover that person is limited? Well, Moses isn't talking about others, but at the end of his life, he's talking about himself. And he tells us in verses 1 and 2 of Deuteronomy 31, so Moses continued to speak these words to all of Israel. Let's understand where they are. They've come from Egypt. They've cro- gone through the Red Sea. They've crossed the desert. they has been 40 years wandering, and it's finally time to take the promised land. And Moses is speaking to them, and the enthusiasm that people have is, this is great. This guy Moses, he's been terrific. He's now going to take us into the promised land. And he wants them to understand that even he has his limits. So he continued to speak these words to all Israel. He said to them, I'm 120 years old today. Must have been his birthday. I'm no longer able to go out and come in. The Lord said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. Moses was a great leader, but it was time for a change. People thought that Moses was always going to give them their answers. But he wanted them to understand what we all need to understand. No matter what human leader you found to be helpful in your life, in the end, human leaders can only take us so far. The reason it was time for change with regards to Moses was really two things one was disobedience, Moses was not a perfect guy. And earlier in chapter 30, we'd been reminded about the fact that Moses had been disobedient himself. And at one point, when he didn't trust God, God said to him, you're not going to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. You're only going to get to the Jordan. You're going to be able to look in, but you're never going to see and have fulfilled in your lifetime the opportunity to take possession of that land. The other reason was obviously because of his age. You see, human leaders have one big problem. Every single one of them. Do you know what that problem is? They're human. Human leaders have one big problem. Your pastor included. We're all human. And if we put our faith and our trust in people, they will let us down every single time. Because our trust is not in humans. Our trust is in God. And that's why God's word is so essential. Because that's the anchor that we can trust in. Years ago, my father, who gave me so much advice, one time called me aside and he said, Stan, I want you to hear something, and I really want you to always remember this. He said, there are going to be times in your life when you're going to be frustrated in your country, and he said, I want you to learn what I've learned, and I'd like to instill this to you. He said, you're going to hear that there are politicians that are going to destroy your country. Don't believe them. No politician is greater than America. No politician is that important. And he said, there's other times you're going to hear this politician, this man or this woman, they're going to save our country. Don't believe them. There's no human leader that that's great. That said, the problem is time after time after time, we put our trust and our faith in human beings. And he said, Stan, put your trust in God. You are in a great nation, the greatest nation on this earth. And this nation is not going to fail you. But even if it does fail you, God will never fail. Do not put your trust in human leaders. Put your trust in God and in his word. Amen? Way back to the time of Moses. Back to the time of Aaron and Miriam. Human leaders had their limits. There is no human being that we can trust in to get all of our answers. And that's why God gives us his word. A place where we can go, where we can reflect, where we can study, where we can take those words into our thinking and change our thinking. But Because you know what? What we think is going to determine so much of who we are as a person. Years ago, in the early days of computers, I remember Gigo. Do you remember that? Garbage in, garbage out. We're told you program the computer the wrong way, you get bad results. Well, the same thing continues to be true with our minds. If we trust in people and other things, they'll let us down, which is why, again, Moses is guiding the people to trust God's word at this point where he and his brother and his sister have been so influential in their lives, so important in getting them to a certain place, he still wants them to understand that he trusted God's word and now he's wanting them to trust God's Word. The second thing that we learn as we trust God's Word, as opposed to human beings, as opposed to our thoughts, as opposed to our circumstances, is that God goes before us and God surrounds us. That's why His Word is so essential. We take the Scriptures not because they're our last resort, but rather because they are a reminder to us that God is with us and God goes before us. No matter what you're facing in your life, no matter what's coming into your life, no matter what the future may hold, God's already there before you. And no matter what you and I face, God surrounds us and cares for us and is with us during every single moment of our lives. Verse 3, we read these words the Lord God himself will go before you. He'll destroy these nations before you so that you shall dispossess them. And Joshua will go over at your head as the Lord has spoken. Now we lose something when we take that that passage and we translate it into English. Because in the Hebrew... That is one of three verses in the Bible that begins and ends with the word Yahweh. Begins with the word the Lord God. Yahweh is Lord God. And it ends in the Hebrew with the word Lord God. Begins and ends with Yahweh. So let me try a pastor stand paraphrase. If you have your handouts, I gave you my weak little paraphrase here. God goes before us. God will take care of our problems if we trust him. We know this because this is what has been spoken and said to us by God. Hear what we have? We have a saying that begins and ends with God. Tells us that God goes before us and the very phrase itself ends with God. God goes before us because of the word of God. Wow. Wow. The knowledge we get here is that God is the beginning and the end. No matter what we face, as long as we understand that we can trust in God and trust in his word, God's going there before us and God will surround us and God will keep us. And that's true, not according to the fact that Pastor Stan told you, not even because Moses told you, but because God told you. God is the one who said, you can trust in me because I go before you. Now, as human beings, we do our best to try to help instill into our children a sense of safety and security. Have you ever had a child that was uncomfortable something, and you just wanted to make them comfortable? Now, I know I've used this illustration before, but it's summer, and I don't care, because I like the story, so I'm going to tell it again. But when our youngest son, Todd, was a little kid, he would get scared going to school. It was a terrifying thing for him. He had a school two doors down from our house. Regina and I looked at it and said, how can he even be slightly uncomfortable? He can look out from the playground and out from his class window, and he can see the church steeple of our church. We're living in Whitensville, Massachusetts. But it didn't matter because he had all this fear and this anxiety about going to school. And so we would take him to school, and one day there was a little triangle right in front of the school, and it came up with an idea. I said, Todd, I've got an idea. Said, I'm going to stand here when you go into school, and when you go into school, the whole time as you walk into school, I'm going to be standing there. You look back as many times as you want, peek as many times as you want. Dad's going to be standing there. When school ends, now this wasn't a huge commitment. I lived two doors down, so it wasn't like I was driving 20 miles. I said, I'm going to be standing right on that triangle. So your school day will begin and will end with Dad standing on the triangle. One day came time for Regina to take him to school. And he walked down to school, and he said, Mommy, you stand on the triangle. So Regina stood beside the triangle. She said, No, 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 you don't stand beside the triangle. You stand on the triangle. So Regina stood over on the triangle for him. At the end of the day, one of us was standing there. The idea is we wanted to have a security of a little child going to school knowing that they could trust their parents, knowing that Mom and Dad were there before, during, and after That's what Moses is conveying to us about God and his word in this passage. God goes before you according to the word of God. God is on both ends. God is why you can trust the scriptures. God is why you don't have to trust your own reasoning and your own feelings or human leaders and why you can have an anchor in your life and why scripture is so important. Because God goes before us and God surrounds us and we know that because God has revealed that to us in his word. The third thing we learn about knowledge and following God's word is that the reality is in our life That we choose what we think. You get that choice in your life. Do you ever think about that? You get to choose what you get to think about. You can sit here this morning and you can be thinking about the beautiful day outside. Or you can be sitting here thinking about what you're going to do this afternoon. Or you can think about what the scripture is talking to us about. It's our choice. And so in our passage in verse 6 Moses instructs the people what we do and what we think about according to God's word. And he says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread. Remember, 365 times the Bible says, Scripture tells us, do not be afraid. Don't have fear. Fear in this context is not what we feel, it's what we think. It's what we choose to put our attention to. Moses knew what we know. The future would come with some good things and would also come with setbacks. I don't care where you are this morning, there will be challenges in your life. There are challenges in all of our lives. And so Moses challenged the people in their thinking. He didn't say, I can change your circumstances. He didn't say, I'm going to give you Joshua, who's going to be the next leader, and he's going to make sure nothing bad happens to you. Rather, he says, I want you to know, according to God's word, that you do not need to be afraid, that you can be strong and courageous. You see, we choose our thinking and our response to the situations in our lives. Far too many times, Christians think, well, if all the circumstances were perfect, everything would be okay. That ain't going to happen, folks. I don't care who we think we are. We have no control over people, places, and things. Moses had no control over what was going to come next after he died in the life of Israel. But he did have influence to tell the people, you get to choose what you think about. You can choose to listen to God's word and trust him. You can choose to think, no matter what I'm facing, God's going to get me through. Or you can choose... To be discouraged. And to be the negative naysayer of Nabom. A lot of us have been there. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those moments in our lives when we dwell and wallow in our own negative thinking. And so, in guiding them to God's word, he said, do these two things in your thinking. Be strong and be courageous. The word strong is the Hebrew word "hazek." It means strong by repairing something. Get the idea? Life has its messes in our lives. Things don't go the way we want them to go. We turn to God and we turn to his word. And God starts repairing things in our lives. And the strength is to start repairing things and to start getting them to go back so we can start feeling like we're back on solid ground. You see, damage was going to come in their lives and damage comes in our lives. Do we trust in God's word and read what he has to say to us and prayerfully reflect on the things that happen so that the the healing and the, the strength of repairing can take place? It's interesting that the word Hezek was actually chosen to be the name of one of the great kings of Israel, Hezekiah. One of, the, one of the best kings that they ever had. He's a king of Judah. The Assyrians come and they attack everybody. And, and you can read about it, and not just in scripture, but you can read about it in the annals of world history. And all the people, the Assyrians come and in battle they take them down. One after another, after another, after another, until they come to Jerusalem. There's good old Hezekiah. A man of strength. A man who lives up to his name. In fact, today you can go to Jerusalem and you can visit Hezekiah's trench. It's a trench built right under the city because he realized that he needed to be strong and he needed the people to be strong. And if they could get a fresh water supply, they'd take this trench out to this pool and to to a fresh water place. And they brought the water right under. They said it's, a, it's almost a miracle that it was ever able to do because this is far before the day's modern engineering. But Hezekiah trusted in God and he was strong. And he had people start on one end in the city of Jerusalem and they build a trench right under the city walls. And outside the city, the people going the other direction. And guess what happened? They met right in the middle. Now try to do that without faith. Tried to do that without any modern technology. But Hezekiah trusted in God, and he was strong. And now the Assyrians took down city after city after city after city. But you read about it in the scripture. The Assyrians come to Jerusalem, and they turn away. The city's fortified. And strong Hezekiah, living up to his name. No matter what happens in our lives, we can be strong. We can get through it. We can repair the damage. And the city is able to withstand the siege. An honest and man of integrity, king, one of the great kings of the Old Testament, leads the people in the midst of a difficult time. So Moses, looking to our lives, says, trust the scriptures and be strong. Then he says, be courageous. The word courageous is the word amos. It means a burden carrier. We all have burdens in our lives, and there's sometimes we need to be strong and rebuild things in our lives, and there's other times when we just need to be able to carry the burden and get through it and know that God is with us. Have you ever had a burden you just wish went away? And the scripture doesn't say the burden is taken away. The scripture says, Moses tells us, that how we get through tough times is not some human being's going to come and rescue us, not that the things are going to be pulled out of our lives, but that we can Amos that we can be courageous, that we can carry that burden and get through everything because faith isn't having everything go, right? Faith is trusting God's way and know that it will be okay. And so it's as if Moses is saying, when troubled, when trouble comes in your life, choose to be a Hezekiah to be strong or choose to be an Amos, a burden carrier. But no matter what happens, turn to God's word and read it and study it and let that information start permeating your mind. So rather than being swayed by every wind of doctrine that comes along, by every new teaching, by every popular person who seems to say this is the way to go, realize we can have an anchor in our lives no matter what comes. Moses. The man who wants us to have knowledge, to have knowledge of God's word, ends with one last thing as he ends his time speaking to Israel. And it's really these words. Trust God's word. Human leaders will have limits. God is before us and surrounds us. We choose what we think. Now trust God's word. Trust it. Know that it's a gift. We live in a time in which the Bible continues to be the best selling book in the world. Every year, number one bestseller. They don't even put it on the bestseller list because they know it's going to be number one. The question is not whether we own Bibles, the question is whether we read our Bible. The question is not which translation you have, the question is do you read the translation that you do have? With verses 9 and 10, then Moses wrote this law and he gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord into all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them at the end of every seven years, at the time set for the release at the Feast of the Booths, read these words. Moses gave the law to the prophets who were then to give it to the people. It was a long time before the Gutenberg Press was around. This was a time in which people were illiterate and they couldn't read and so they had to trust in the priests to read it to them. And so Moses takes the law and he writes it down and he hands it to the priests and he said now read this and study this and share it with others. The word law is the Hebrew word Torah. You may have heard it as used for the first five books of the Old Testament, which is where we get our understanding that Moses gives us those first five books and he writes them down. And so what we're reading here is the beginning of written scripture. This is where our Bibles all start as Moses is recording these words and is handing it to the priests and say, this is sacred, read it and study it and give it to the people. But the word Torah that gets translated law really also means instruction. And so it refers to all of Scripture, the whole 66 books that have been given to us as a gift. And what we are to understand is because we don't sometimes know where to turn, because we will be confused in our lives, because you will have times in your life when you don't know whether to go left or whether to go right. God has abandoned you. Not only is he with you, He's given you his word to study, to trust in. Now, they were able to read it publicly, and they were told every seven years to read all of it. Now, it sounds like he's only saying read the Bible every seven years. That's not what he's telling them. He's saying read the scripture all the time. And at the end of the seven years, when it comes to your special Thanksgiving time, because that's what their Feast of the Booths was, that was in the ancient Israel, that was their Thanksgiving celebration. He says, take those first five books of the Bible, take that Torah, and read all of it publicly. That's what we're going to do next week. I want you all to show up here at 8 o'clock in the morning, and we're going to read Scripture until the next day at 2 o'clock in the morning, and we're all going to be attentive, aren't we? Of course, that would be tough for us in today's world. But in the ancient world, the people feasted after that. They would learn the scriptures every day as a priest would read the word to them. And they would go to the synagogue and to the temple. First the tabernacle, later the temple. And they would hear God's word spoken to them, read to them. And they thirsted for that knowledge and that information. And then God said, every seven years, read all of it. Just stand before the people and read it all so they know that we're not missing any of the instruction. He didn't want people to pick and choose their five favorite Bible passages. He wanted people to understand that even the tough passages we need to hear because they may be the very words that we need at a time in our lives. Got me thinking of the Lincoln-Douglas debates versus today's sound bites. Do you know when the Lincoln-Douglas debates took place, that Douglas would speak all morning and then they would go to lunch and then they would come back? And Abraham Lincoln would debate back for a couple hours. Americans can't even fathom that today. Because if it's longer than 30 seconds, we lose attention. If something goes more than what we think it should be, we tune ourselves out immediately. And what God is wanting us to understand, and Moses is proclaiming here, is this is life-giving words, folks. This isn't something that we should let our minds tune out to, but this is so important that every seven years, as all the people gather together, we need to make sure those priests haven't been shortchanging you, and you've only been hearing part of what was in the Scripture. The application for us is much different today, because we do live in a time in which we have written Word, and iPhones, and computers, in every conceivable way to hear and read God's word. But the question for us is, do we do it? Do we take time and listen and receive God's gift to us so that we have something like Moses was giving to the people that they could trust in? Because again, he knew human beings are going to fail us. Our emotions are going to go all over the place. Our thoughts are going to wander and we're going to come up with all kinds of ideas. And if all we have is what everybody else in the world has, we're really not going to be in a very good place. But God wants us to understand his word. So if you have your handouts, I invite you to turn them over. I want you to see something that we've come up with here at Faith Community Church. And it consider the triangle your whole life. Think of it as all the ways in your life in which you receive God's word. And here in our church, we have three ways in which primarily we can hear God's word. We can hear it Sunday morning in a message. And that's awesome. I put a lot of time into preparing a message. And I hope we can keep your attention and we hear the scripture as we go through it. Because that's what we're here for. Not to give you Pastor Stan's ideas, but to figure out what the Bible's telling us so we can hear it together. But when we think about that, that's really only the top of the pyramid. That's really a relatively small percentage of the amount of scripture that we can take into our lives. Look at that big pyramid. Think of having the bottom two-thirds totally empty. Look how much of it you miss. So the next thing we do is once we have the small amount that we hear on Sunday morning, we maybe get a 30, 35-minute message, but then after that we have a, a bigger segment of time to listen to God's word. We call that faith groups. That's why we encourage you to get involved with a faith group, to find a place where you hear God's word, where you can talk about it with other people. You can be in a Bible study, and you can reflect on it for more like an hour and have a deeper discussion. But then again, imagine all you did is sermon in faith group. That's kind of the top two tiers of, of this pyramid, You're still dipping yourself at a lot of the ways in which God's word permeates into your life because the base of it all is our personal study, our personal devotions, our everyday opening the Bible and struggling to read and hear and understand what God has to say to us. If you don't know where to go, take the Gospel of John today and start reading through it. When you're done with that, come talk to me. We'll find another place to go. Every day, open the Bible, read it, Ponder it. Slow down with it. Don't worry about reading chapters and chapters. Read a segment and reflect on it. Because if the first one represents 35 minutes and the second one represents an hour, hour and 15 minutes, imagine it's a half an hour day that you do. You get three and a half more hours in God's Word. Taking an hour, it's seven more hours a week. You get the point? God wants us to know His Word. He wants us to know him personally, to experience Jesus as our Savior. But he wants us to know his word. Because in today's world, it's sort of even worse maybe than the days of Moses when they were at the Jordan River and they were both to go into the promised land. And there were all kinds of crazy ideas that they were going to be encountering there. And Moses knew that no human leader could confront all the crazy ideas that people were going to come across. And so they needed the anchor of the word. Today, sometimes it's worse than that because we are bombarded with messages every single day. There are people who are vying for your attention constantly. Thousands of messages are coming to you asking for your attention, for your belief, and for you to accept them. God comes and says, we have an answer. It's in my word. But in order for God's word to be our anchor, it has to be in our lives. It doesn't do us any good if you buy the newest translation and you have all the pretty gold pages and you leave it on the shelf. I was with somebody one time. This didn't happen in this church, so this isn't about anybody here. They had a beautiful Bible. They bought the Bible 10 years earlier. They showed it to me. They said, Pastor Stan, why don't you see this beautiful Bible? I said, that's a beautiful Bible. He said, it's beautiful leather. It was the most expensive Bible I could buy. I said, that is awesome. And I opened the Bible, and he said, have you opened this Bible? And they said, what do you mean? I said, half of it is printed upside down. It was a beautiful Bible. It was a leather Bible. It looked brand new. It was brand new. It was 10 years old, and it was still new. And the person said, oh, I guess I've never opened it. I've just always left it there on a display. Is that how we treat God's word? It's a gift to you. It is an opportunity for you and me to know how God wants us to think and face our lives. This morning I challenge you as we come to the end of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to realize they live by faith. They had godly advice from each other, and they certainly encouraged each other, but they received God's word. That's who Moses is, the first one who receives the Ten Commandments, gets the law, and starts the whole process of God's word being revealed to us. Let us accept it as the gift that it is and make it the anchor of our thinking. As we close our service this morning, I'm going to invite a couple people to come forward, and if you'd like to have prayer, David is going to lead us in our final song. And perhaps you would like to make a commitment to read Scripture more, to understand it better. I'm not asking you this morning to make a promise to join a particular group or anything else. I'm asking you if you'd like to come forward and have somebody pray with you to make Scripture more center in your life. If that's a desire of your heart, I invite you as we come to our final song to come forward and have somebody pray that with you. Perhaps you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and as we talk about the stuff we do about Scripture, you go, well, that's all fine and dandy, but why do I want to trust in that book? Isn't that kind of an old book that was written a long time ago? Well, it is a book that was written a long time ago, but it reveals the truth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who died on the cross for every single one of us, who loves you so much, that no matter what you've done, no matter what mess you've made of anything in your life, if you've never understood that he has forgiven you and has offered you a new opportunity. We call that salvation, being saved from the wrong things in our lives. Perhaps that's what you need to pray for. Because until we've experienced that salvation of Christ forgiving us, they're just words on a page. But once we know Jesus, once we know who he is and we have that personal relationship with him, we want to know him better. And so if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord, we invite you also for that. Please come forward. Come and talk to one of us and we'll have a prayer with you and you can receive the forgiveness that Christ offers to you. Or if you need to make a commitment to know his word better, I invite you to stand together and as we sing our closing song, come forward and have somebody have a prayer with you.